When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle, and I am One Organized Mama. Does it sound a little echoey, more than normal? I am recording one of my final episodes in my master bedroom closet in my home in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yeah, I don't use fancy equipment yet. But as I sat in here, I realized it's a little echoey because I'm almost completely packed in my house and ready for our journey across country to our new home in Georgia. So when I get to Georgia, I probably am going to make some changes in how I record the podcast. So stay tuned. Hopefully it'll be better. But I wanted to uh, do a series because so many of you guys have reached out and you're like, hey, you're one organized mama. Could you talk a little bit more about the mama stuff sometimes? I'm like, hear ya, loud and clear. So what I decided to do is to do a series focused on motherhood. And in it, I'm going to implement a lot of the fundamentals and add in and that I teach through One Organized Mama. And I decided to do it this way, because a lot of you guys had a lot of different things you wanted me to talk about. So keep keep that coming. I'm I'm listening. I'm happy to keep making this podcast what you want to hear. So keep sending me the stuff. And um, so this is how I decided to do it. I broke it down to the different seasons of your life. So I broke it down to the baby toddler season, school age, and then when your little birds eventually flee the nest. So when they get older and go off on their own. I also decided to, in each episode, it's a three-part series, is to talk about um, a tip and give you a tip as a stay-at-home mom, a work-from-home mom, and a work outside of your home mom. Why do we have so many labels? Goodness knows you tell me. We all know there's that weird like competition. I can tell you this, I take no side because I've been all three. I've been a stay-at-home mom, work from home mom, and a work outside of home mom. So (laughs) I have, I've just been, I've been through it all. So I've also, a lot of people are always interested in me as a mom. So I had my first when I was 19. I had my second child when I was 26. And I had my third when I was 35. My first two are from my first marriage. My third is from my second, hopefully final marriage. So um, I've been through all these stages and seasons at different stages and seasons of my own life. So I've definitely been through the baby toddler phase. I only have one left in the school age phase. And then um, I have like one and a half baby birds that have flown my nest. My middle baby bird went off to college and came right back at home and is doing college from home, which secretly I kind of love. It was, that was hard to, uh, it's hard, it's hard when your babies leave. So anyway, what I decided to do, this is just packed full, a lot of just sort of anecdotal stuff, tips, encouragement, 
because that baby toddler phase of motherhood is hard. It's it's exciting. It's hard. It's just, whoa, right? And so I'm going to talk about that. And like I said, um, stay tuned for the other episodes when I talk about the different other phases of your life. Definitely share with a friend. I love when you guys do that. But as we get started on episode 84 in this three-part series, I had to be a little bit cheeky because isn't most advice unsolicited? That is my very first point I'm going to make. OPOs, other people's opinions. I remember when I was, found out I was pregnant with my first, like I said, just graduated high school, working for an airline up near Seattle, Washington, and living with my boyfriend who was in the military, my boyfriend at the time, who eventually became my first husband. And so I was like, oh, awesome. This now, like I'm having a baby. So as the news traveled through my family, I got a phone call one day. I got a phone call from a cousin I hadn't spoken to since I was like a kid. Like we grew up together as kids and then just kind of didn't keep in touch over the years. And she called me with some very strong opinions, very personal opinions that she had about having kids. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) where did this come from? very first introduction to other people's opinions. And so I thought, oh, well, maybe she's wanting to stay in touch now. No, she literally called me to give me her opinions. And so I learned early on, take that stuff with a grain of salt. Um, Like I said, most of it's unsolicited. Um, Sometimes we can learn from it. And if we're really honest with ourselves, a lot of times we're giving it to, aren't we? And sometimes, but ours is well-meaning, right? We're just, we see a family or friend, we see them having a struggle, we see them entering a new phase, and we just want to be helpful. I, I do that all the time. I have to catch myself all the time. And so I always think, well, my I'm being helpful. I care about them. I don't want them to struggle like I did. But truth be told, we have to be careful. So take what I have to say with a grain of salt too. I mean, you may not agree with everything that I have to say, and that's okay. All right. So the next point that I want to make, that man, this one causes controversy. Man, you guys don't like it when I talk about this one. And some of you are like, oh gosh, here she goes. Let go of perfection. It doesn't exist. I have had so many people come at me about this, like this idea of perfection. I'm like, girl, if you are perfect, my message is not for you. Do I try to be better? Do I try to grow? (laughs) Yes. But here's the thing about perfection. Your idea of perfection is not necessarily my idea of perfection. My idea of perfection is not that person's idea of perfection, Perfection is actually kind of a lot of times just sort of masking some insecurities and we are either sort of at its mercy in the form of feeling like we're just not good enough or being sort of judged by someone else's unrealistic standards. So just let go of it. Just if you can, just be like, you know what? Hey, look, I don't really believe in it. I don't really care. And again, realize because we all know 
logically, like when we're looking at other people's lives, we don't see the whole picture. We don't see that she's positioned her baby over here because where she wanted to take a photo shows the cluttery room in the background. We do it too if we're honest with ourselves. And I know this is something that a lot of people struggle with. I have plenty of people in my life who are like, no, no, I really am perfect. And I'm like, good for you. Again, more power to you on your journey. And just kind of leave it at that. Why this topic and this brings up so much like er, is beyond me, but just my best advice to you, like a perfection. I am an imperfect mom. I've given birth to three beautiful and perfect children, and I have a very imperfect marriage. So I'm just trying to struggle, you know, trying to get along through life and just trying to be a better person, trying to be a better mom, human being, wife, whatever, business owner, podcaster. So let go of perfection if you can. All right. But I really want to kind of dive in because the next point is this. When you're in that toddler and baby phase of life, this is such an emotional journey. This is such a personal journey that you're going down. And it doesn't matter where, you know, how you came into motherhood, whether it was a surprise, because I've been there, or it was planned, I've done that. And or if it was a complex journey, because I have the t shirt for that too. Or perhaps like you came through motherhood through the beautiful process of adoption. I have a lot of friends and I love listening to an adoption story. It brings nothing brings me to tears faster than that. But again, very personal, very emotional journey. When we enter motherhood, there are so many changes. There's the mental, the physical, the financial, the relationship, everything. Nothing changes your life quite like entering motherhood, right? So as we go along in this podcast, I just want you to keep that in mind. I'm going to really be talking about motherhood from that perspective. I recognize it's such a personal journey. And I'm going to be sort of mixing this with a lot of the fundamentals that I teach with being a professional organizer and through One Organized Mama. So that's really what I want you to focus on because this is a kind of a really kind of crazy stage of your life where things can be unpredictable. Like I said, you're going through a lot of changes. Your little one is going through a lot of changes. So you have these two humans going through mental, physical, and emotional changes together. And you're just trying to figure it out and trying to do your best. So that's why the very first thing I want to bring up is self-care. I want to talk about this for just a minute. First and foremost, I want you to understand that it is okay to have self-care. Because again, we're talking about all of these different physical, mental, and emotional demands on your life that are unlike any other thing that you're going to go into in life. Like you, you're happy, you're sad, you're scared, you're worried, you have all of these different emotions. Again, your relationships change, your support systems change, your body is changing, your brain is changing, your bank account is changing, your home is changing. 
And so it is important more than ever to have some focus on self-care. Now, does this mean running to the spa and having a facial and a massage? Well, sister, if you can, more power to you. I wish I could. But what it really means is this. It's really managing a lot of the guilt and the worry that comes in. Because one of the things that I realized when my motherhood journey started was this. That guilt and worry comes right along in a bundle just next to your brand new bundle. And it never quite goes away. I have older children. I've definitely gone through all of these three different seasons and stages. And I still struggle with the guilt. I still struggle with the worry on pretty much a daily basis. So how do I manage this? How do I mitigate this? With self-care. What is the number one thing that you can do for self-care? Here it is. Get on a good sleep routine. And I know, yes, of course, drink lots of water, exercise, all that stuff. That's great (laughs) if you can remember that and fit that into your day. So I'll get to that in just a second. But the one thing that you can and must do is get on a good sleep routine. I remember my early days as a mom baby or babies finally in bed. And I was like, Yahoo, I kept them alive for another day. I'm going to just, I need, I need time to myself. I get to actually like eat a snack and like unwrap the wrapper and not have somebody hear me and want to bite. I actually get to like watch something that I want to watch on TV So I definitely went through that and I would end up staying up later than my kids. And if this is where you're at, okay, totally fine. But just hear me out for a second. I did that with my first two and it wasn't until my third came along that I realized, wait a second, let me rethink this whole sleep thing. So what I started to do is instead of staying up later... I started to go to bed shortly after my kids went to bed, and then I would wake up before they woke up. And I really wish that this was something that I had learned um, with my first two and really got a good start on the day. So I really became very uh, regimented when it came to my sleep with my third. And a big reason why I was just out of pure necessity, I was working outside of home, I had two older kids, I just needed to really get a good handle on my day. And the only way that I could do that was by waking up before a terrorist toddler invaded my bed, screaming that they wanted to eat. And then when I stumbled down to the kitchen and trying to avoid like making sure you put the milk in the right sippy cup to avoid a complete and total meltdown, you know, at 6.45 in the morning. So what I just learned is that get some sleep, get some sleep. Um, because then it kind of takes care of some of those worries and stressors that we have. And then I can just kind of manage my day better. So I could kind of wake up and I get the grogginess out of myself, get myself a cup of coffee. And then I kind of felt prepared for my day. So then when the kids woke up, I was kind of like on my A game already. I was like, hey, I'm one step ahead of you. Not only have I found the right sippy cup, but I actually have the little stopper in it too. So I don't have to look for that in a panic. So this is something that, again, something I wish that I could go back, you know, maybe tell myself like go to bed shortly after the baby and then just get up early and you have some time 
to yourself in the morning. And again, getting on a sleep good sleep pattern and a good sleep routine is one of those ways that you can kind of help with those physical changes, those mental and emotional changes that are going on inside of you. Sleep is completely, I think, underestimated, especially when we're adults, is something that I've just really realized that it's vital and important to your health and well-being, including your mental well-being. So make sure you're on a really good sleep pattern. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is planning your days. So if you're not familiar with my time management journal and how I teach time management, I talk about your time being organized into little buckets, like how we organize the stuff in our homes into little containers. And these are all the different areas that demand your time, work, family, financial, physical, home, social hobby, and quiet time. All right. So I'm going to dive into a few of those in just a second, but I'm going to talk about quiet time real quick. Again, waking up early in the morning gives me the opportunity to just have some quiet time, have a time in my day where my phone's not dinging, emails aren't coming in, I don't have anyone talking to me, I can just kind of like get my head together for the day and spend a few minutes alone by myself without any kind of outside distractions. Once our day starts, we are information overloaded from the demands in our life, media, social media, phones, whatever, everything, right? We're completely on overload constantly and consistently. So it is important to get into the practice of just having some time to give yourself and your brain a break from that. So 5, 10, 15 minutes a day of just pure quiet time is all you need. So let's talk about this, about planning your days. How do you plan your days when you have a baby that doesn't sleep and you have a toddler that is having consistent meltdowns and sometimes you find yourself up, you know, at 4.45 in the morning and some mornings you're able to sleep till eight. Like, how do you plan your days? Well, first and foremost, like I said, it has to do with what time you go to bed and what time you wake up. Try to first get yourself on a consistent system with that. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to kind of do get in the practice of what I call brainstorming. I want you to just take a piece of paper and I want you to go through and get everything out of your head and onto paper. You can use these different time buckets to kind of prompt you like again, so work, home, family, social hobby, financial, physical, and quiet time. Kind of go through, get everything out of your head and onto paper. Once you get into the practice of this, you'll see that it's kind of empowers you because instead of keeping you up at night of like, oh crap, I forgot to do that today, or shoot, am I going to have enough time to get this stuff done tomorrow? You'll kind of know by getting into the practice of time, of managing your time better. So do a brain dump, get everything out of your head and onto paper. The next step, go through and I want you to simply circle the things that are the most important to you. This is the prioritization. And I have this online, I teach this on one of my online courses on my website under the time management journal. It comes with like a PDF that you can print out. Go through that process. So for instance, you know, if you're looking at your the different buckets, you're like, eh, I've been driving by that new gym, I should probably go in get a membership. Maybe if I have a membership, I'll start going. That's something you could write down. Maybe you're like, gosh, I haven't 
remember the I can't remember the last time I went on a date night with my spouse. Write that down. It was my turn to plan the next book club. I need to get that on the calendar. Message everybody. Write that down. The baby needs new new or more diapers or some new clothes. Write that down. Just write everything down. Get it on your on your piece of paper. Go through. Obviously, you're like diapers, number one priority. Um, this is probably the week where I can go and plan a book club for some of my friends. So maybe you'll circle that and go through and just circle some of the priorities. I always say like what you can do in about a week's time frame, not a day necessarily, but a week. So you're kind of looking at like a one week time frame here when you do the prioritization. Now, plan daily. Again, how do you plan daily when you have an inconsistent schedule or babies? that are not consistent with their eating patterns or sleeping patterns. Calm down. It's okay. I'm going to tell you. Again, get sleep. Make sure first and foremost, you're getting as much sleep as you can. Because again, you want to be able to tackle your day and do it with a fresh mind and nothing refreshes your mind than a good night's sleep. But when it comes to planning your day, I'm going to tell you this. You don't have to be so regimented. You don't have to, you know, say like work out 6.45 a.m. and then you slept till 8 because the baby was up at 2 a.m. It's okay. Forgive yourself. Give yourself some grace when it comes to daily planning. Write down some of the time buckets. Perhaps you have work. You have work and that's going to dictate your time for that day. So you're going to you know that you're going to have work from this time to this time, including commute time. On the way home from work, you circled diapers. You're going to run by the store. You're going to pick up some diapers because you can't run out of diapers. That is a priority. And then you realize, hey, I actually have kind of a free evening. So perhaps I can reach out. I can plan, put something on the calendar for that book club that I, that's my turn to schedule or host for the month. So take make the opportunity to sit down and get that boom, boom, boom. You've taken care of three different buckets on your list. Congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. And in the midst of it, you kept a small human alive. Okay, let's dive into some of these, just a, three of these uh, time buckets just a little bit more. First, let's start with the home. My husband calls it like the baby safari. I call it the baby tsunami where this little creature comes into your life. And then with it comes a lot of stuff, a lot of accoutrement. They have like stuff you just have. They have more stuff than you have. And so you, how do you manage this? How do you keep your home tidy? A few things that I want you to start to implement in your life is number one, work in 20 minute increments. Why 20 minutes? Don't go beyond 20 minutes. If you want to do 5, 10, 15, that's fine. But try not to go beyond 20 minutes. Use a timer or use your song playlist. Put 20 minutes is approximately four songs um, from your playlist. Work through four songs. And the reason I want you to do this is because I want you to focus on doing stuff that will keep your that will keep your attention. The average adult attention span is just under 20 minutes. So a lot of times what happens if we assign ourselves a project like, oh, the baby's sleeping, I'm going to go declutter my closet. Just stick to 20 minutes. Most babies will sleep for at least 20 minutes. Most. I know that there's exceptions out there. Some sleep longer. Um, But if you focus 
on a concentrated task for 20 minutes, you're less likely to get distracted. You're less likely to wander away. And again, I want you to feel accomplished. So you you may not get everything done that you need to get done in that space for 20 minutes, but if you tackle it maybe a few times a week, you will eventually get that space um, done by just focusing on 10 or excuse me, 20 concentrated minutes at a time. I hope I wasn't saying 10 this whole time, but I mean 20. All right. The next thing that I want you to focus on is your daily three. Assign three daily tasks to yourself. And if you have other people living in your home, spouse, other children, whatever, if you can assign them daily three, get them on board. Awesome. These are three daily tasks that rain or shine you're going to accomplish every single day and make it easy on yourself. Mine are make my bed daily, go through and clean my kitchen at least once a day, and try to get one load of laundry into the washer, over to the dryer, folded and put away. If it doesn't happen that day, it's okay, but it's something that I want you to work through. And if you get into this habit, before you know it, you're kind of doing these things without even kind of realizing. It just becomes so habitual. Like as I'm out of the shower and getting dressed in the morning, I'm automatically making up my bed. I don't even think about it anymore. It's just something that's super automatic to me. Uh, When I walk by my laundry room, I'm just kind of like assessing the laundry, like, oh, the washer's done, throw them into the dryer. So it's not something that you um, have to make overcomplicated, just very three simple tasks that you feel will just kind of help you stay on top of some household chores. The other thing for the home bucket, I, I want you to keep things simple. I know you've seen the feeds, the beautiful feeds on social media of the beautifully appointed playrooms and play spaces and nurseries and different things like that. And the super happy toddlers playing very lovingly with their toys. But reality is this, toddlers will destroy baskets and bins and labels. I promise you most toddlers won't mind it. And so just be very, go easy on yourself when it comes to this. Get one of those like the the nine cubes or the six cubes or whatever, some baskets. And if anything, just try to keep your kids' toys pared down. That actually keeps it more simple. Um, And, but don't worry about having to keep everything super beautiful. And again, remember perfection, we're letting go. We're not letting the P word invade our lives at all. So let go of perfection. Keep things simple on yourself. Keep meal planning simple. And keep just in general, your life is simple. Remembering that you are going through a lot of emotional, mental, and physical and relationship changes right now in your life. So keep things in your home as simple as you possibly can. All right, the next two buckets go together and I want to talk about them because I'm also giving my stay-at-home mom tip, my work-from-home mom tip, and work-outside-of-home mom tip. Again, why do we have so many labels? But whatever, people are super into labels these days, so we're going to go with it. All right, so two buckets, work and financial. When you're doing your time management and your daily planning, you probably have noticed when it comes to work and financial, nothing brings to light more than that you are either trading your time or your money than when you enter parenthood. So 
as soon as you enter parenthood, you feel like you're giving either time or you're giving money. In reality, we're always kind of making this trade-off in our life no matter what. But this is really highlighted, right, when we are um, in, in momhood, when we have babies. And so here's what I want to talk about when it comes to this. You're either trading your time or you're trading your money. And this is, again, remember at the very beginning, personal, very personal. And I will say this, I've actually been in all three of these categories. I've been a stay-at-home mom, I've been a work-from-home mom, and I've been a work-outside-of-my-home mom. And why there's any controversy with any of these is absolutely beyond me because not one is easier than the next and not one is hard. They're all hard and they all have some perks and benefits. So here is what I want to say first and foremost to my listeners out there that's, that are stay-at-home moms. I want you to realize this is your job. If you are at whatever, a function, a barbecue, and someone asks, what do you do? I want you to say, I stay at home with my children, period. Not do what I've done is I stay at home with my kids, dot, dot, dot. Because the dot, dot, dot sometimes invites OPOs, other people's opinion. And I feel like sometimes when you just make the statement, like, I own it, this is me, no explanation needed, that's all you have to say and be proud of it. But I know, again, that there's people that have a lot of opinions about this. So don't dot, 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 say it with a period. Okay, to my work from home moms, this is the area that I'm in now. This is the area that I've been in for the most part for, uh, you know, the last several years. I know I worked with clients, so that was kind of like a work outside of home and work from home, bouncing back and forth between the two. So here's what I have to say for my work from home moms. Hire a sitter. Hire a sitter and treat your workspace as if it were your workspace if your job was outside of your home. Teach your family to respect your time and that space. And one of the best ways that you can do that is when you are working, hire someone to help, especially in the baby baby toddler phase. Again, let go of the guilt. You're you're doing what you have to do for whatever reason, no one's business. And it's okay to say, you know what, I'm dedicating this time to my work. Um, One of the great things about being a work from home mom is that you kind of have the advantage of having the sneak and peek sort of thing. So you don't necessarily have to find like, you know, a sitter, you you can find someone that's like, you know, a young teen, teenager, you know, a lot of the teenagers before they age out of babysitting when they're like 16 or 17, I usually don't ask 16, 17, 18 year olds to babysit because they, <laughs> they're they not that fun for the kids. Get the fun sitters, like the early teens, like the 12, 13, 14 year olds that are like super excited and they love playing with little ones. Get a few of those like in your contacts and then, you know, reach out to them or maybe the little, you know, a grandma in your neighborhood or someone that just another mom that wants to make a little extra money and just say, hey, all I need you to do is like keep the house quiet. I'm going to be making these calls. And then, like I said, you have that sneak and peek advantage where between clients or calls or emails, you can get up, sneak over, make sure everyone's doing okay. 
And it's something that they can help you out. And you can also help out someone else as well and give yourself that peace of mind and that boundary that you are doing work and that work is important. Now, my work outside of home moms, ladies, I want you to wear that like a freaking badge of honor. Again, I've been through all of these and I have a story to share about the work outside of home moms. This was the what I was doing when I had my third. So not even an option to stay at home. Hasn't been an option for the most part since I've had my third. And um, so I've had to definitely contribute financially to my family. And so I've done the work outside of home and the work from home. And I will say, man, when it comes to other people's opinions, then (laughs) nothing like a stay-at-home mom or work outside or work work mom can drive other people's opinions faster than this. And it is definitely something just like with the uh, stay-at-home moms, wear it like a badge of honor. It is a statement and it is, you are not inviting someone else's opinion on it, period. So stay as say it as a statement with a period, not a dot, 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 inviting anyone's comments on your choices and the personal decisions that you have made in your life. Also, I forgot to tell you guys, real quick, going back to the work from home moms, here's the other thing. I don't know how many people ask me to watch their kids because they're like, well, you work from home. I'm like, I work from home. I can't keep an eye on my own kid. I work from home. So a lot of times people don't understand this work from home. They just think you're home. Why can't you do this and watch someone else's kid? Or can the kids all come over and play at your house? I'm like, no, I need quiet. I'm working from home. So again, another thing about the boundaries. So whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a mom who is working from her home or outside of her home, understand people are going to have opinions about your choices. And again, it's okay for you just to make the statement and not invite anyone's opinion. It's okay to walk away from that. It's okay to just kind of shut it down and keep it off. And I promise you the guilt and the worry is the same no matter where you're at. I struggle with the guilt and the worry as a work from home mom, as I did from being a work outside of my home mom. And I had it when I was a stay at home mom. So it, none of it makes the wor- the worry or guilt go away. So we're all struggling with it. The best thing that you can do is not give your opinion as well and just support. Be like, hey, friend, I see you. I see you. It doesn't matter. We're all moms. We should just be supportive anyway and not be judging someone else's choices. That's my two cents. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is when you're in the baby toddler phase, This is really vital, vital, I have it in all caps, twice underlined in my notes, um, to create a support system. This is vital. This is where like you need like your army, you need your team. And this is some, these are some of the different areas I want you to think of when it comes to building your support system. Number one, friends. It is true that when you become a mother, your friendships do change. And sometimes it's time to say goodbye the season has ended for maybe a few. And the good news is it opens up the possibilities to some new friendships as well. But one of the things to consider 
when it comes to friends is to make sure it's a supportive friendship. Um, Make sure it's something, it doesn't necessarily have to be a large group. It doesn't have to be a small group. I've gone through phases of my life where I've had very close, dear friendships. And I've had, and I'm kind of in this phase now where I really don't have any close, close friends. I can probably count less than five people that I would say are really close friends, but I have a pretty wide network of a larger group of friends in my life. And I kind of embrace that. I like that. I like having fewer people closer to me and a larger group that I can kind of um, have fun with in different um, stages and where I'm at. So friends, be very just aware you want someone that is uh, fun or that fills your life and make sure that you're being a good friend to those friends as well. Um, I always feel like friends feel certain things. Like I never have like the one friend that's everything. I have like the fun friend. I have the friend that likes to go out and do stuff. So when I want to do that, I have that friend. I have the friend that's like the emotional support system where I'm like, I need to cry. And then when they need to cry, I'm their shoulder to cry on as well. So I I feel like friends feel a lot of different needs. And that's one of the ways that maybe you can look at it when filling some of those different areas of your life with friendships. The other thing I want you to consider when it comes to creating a support system, which is vital during the baby toddler years, are groups. And most importantly, making sure you have some in-person groups. These can be groups that you go with with your kids. These are, you know, kind of like the support groups. Yes, I know there's a lot um, of options on social media. Those are, those have those, they're good and they're bad. I think it's actually really important just to have something where you feel like you kind of belong and you can go to and people know you personally and you just make those in-person connections. I think it's actually pretty healthy for the kids as well. So try to, no matter what it is, maybe sometimes they're, again, with your kids. Maybe sometimes it's something you and your spouse do, or maybe it's something that you do alone as your own, but that's a great way to kind of build some support in your life. Okay, my next thing, next item in the creative support system are your sitters slash sanity savers, because that's what they really are. Babysitters are really our sanity savers. Have a lot of them. Um, That's what I've always done. Have a lot of different scissors and pay them well. Um, So I've definitely got into that. Like I'm I'm paying my babysitters well. So when I need them, that they're there for me. Um, And so I am very grateful to the people that I have entrusted the care for my children into. And it, like I said, whether I've needed them for work or I've just needed them to watch the kids where I didn't want to drag a screaming toddler and during nap time to run errands, someone that I could leave them with. It could be at your home, their home, whatever. Do some due diligence on your part, but create like a database almost of sitters. It could also be other moms that you just swap with. So like, hey, you know, I'll watch your kid for three hours a week. You can go do whatever, vice versa. Um, You watch mine. So sitters slash sanity savers. All right, the next thing are boundaries. I want you to put boundaries up in your life. And again, this comes with, remember, other people's opinions. This also comes with friendships. Have boundaries. Again, not everybody 
has to be privy to your life, to your personal choices. It's okay for you to put boundaries up. It's okay to tell people whatever you want to tell them. You don't have to tell them the truth or your deep, dark personal secrets or anything. (laughs) Should be giving myself this own advice all the time. But anyway, boundaries are a wonderful, wonderful thing to have. And I also want you to have boundaries when it comes to social media, because again, you're in that stage, in that season of your life where you're feeling vulnerable because of so many changes going on in your life. And I feel like when you're at that vulnerable stage, there's nothing worse than going on social media to like completely sap you and feel like, oh, I'm doing it all wrong. Or again, triggering guilt, triggering worry triggering all of that stuff that were going on. So little secret, not really anybody knows this about me. I actually unfollow a lot of people on social media. So I have a lot of people that I'm like friends with, you can't like unfriend them. But I'll just go on and I'm like, oh, why is this person great? I don't want to see this person's posts or opinions or anything. And it would just be cause drama in my life if I unfriended them. So I actually go and I unfollow a lot of people. And sometimes I'll go back and follow them eventually. But maybe they're just in a place in life where I'm like, it's bleeding over to my life every time I go and check in and I just want to like zone out. So unfollow people. That's a, that's a great way to put up boundaries. They'll never know. If people unfollow me, I don't even know. So it's okay. It's kind of a safe thing to do. And once in a while, if you feel guilty, I do this. I'm like, oh, I haven't liked their post in a minute. So I'll just go on and be like, Oh, good. They posted today, like, heart, whatever. And um, they'll they never know. They'll never know if you unfollow them if you just can't handle it. But it is a great way to put up boundaries. And the other thing when it comes to your system, creating your support system, which is vital is remember, you are a human being without that little, those little human beings that you brought into this world and that you love with every fiber of your soul. It is okay for you to have your own personal interests. You are not going to feel guilty about it. You are going to embrace that. It does not mean that that becomes all encompassing and you've neglected your children. Go remember, you may not be able to invest as much time or money or energy into the things that you used to like to do before you had kids. But But definitely keep some links to those things. Definitely still kind of have your thumb in some stuff that brings you happiness or makes you feel fulfilled. And leave the guilt at the door. Okay, a few things as I round out this podcast that I just want you to know as you are in this phase of motherhood of babies and toddlers. Number one, no explanation needed. Again, advice I wish I would give to myself, but no explanation needed when it comes to any of the choices or the decisions that you make. Again, it is okay to say things as a statement and not invite the opinions of others. If someone is giving to you, I again, always find kind of a kind way to just sort of back off or just sort of let that roll off your back. Advice I wish I could have given to myself many years ago. All right. The other thing is try to let go of people pleasing. This is something I promise you the older you get actually gets a little bit better, but there is no, just like with perfection, no way you can please everybody. 
And it's probably because I've put myself out there so much more so than I ever have in my entire life with this podcast and my businesses and the different things that I do that it's kind of a, I mean, like I've gone from like being so paralyzed with fear, like what are people going to think? And, and are people going to like me? Of what if somebody says something mean about me to the point where I'm like, I just expect it now. You know, I, I've grown a little bit of a thicker skin with this. And it's actually, I'm like, I'm absolutely fine if I am not someone's cup of tea. Absolutely fine. There is some, there is freedom and not worrying about pleasing others. So the earlier you can figure that out, the better off that you will be. All right, again, I'm going to reiterate this, lack of perfection, my friend. No one is doing it right all of the time. I promise you. I've been in so many homes. It's funny, I've been in homes and then I, you know, follow a person on social media and what they show on social media and what is actually going on behind closed doors night and day night and day a hundred percent of the time we all only show our highlight reels we of course like it's that thing when we have people come over our home our family everything is in the best order that it should be in and it's okay to let go of that but just realize that no one's doing it right all of the time and take that pressure off of yourself All right. Comparison is the thief of joy. I found this out was Teddy Roosevelt. He must be my favorite person. I I realized that that is something that is also attributed to him. Comparison is the thief of joy. Be joyful. You know what it's like when you're like happy and you're like, woohoo, like I got discount at Target and like, or whatever. And I like saved some little bit of money and I got everything I needed under budget. And then you go on social media and you see someone like on a really exotic beach and you're like, oh, my life sucks. And so you don't want to always just go out there and compare, 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 like be proud, be proud that you accomplished something. Be proud that like, you have these little ones and you got your youngest to sleep through the night. That is a huge accomplishment. Be proud of your accomplishments. And also, it's okay. You don't have to share those. I think sometimes we feel like we have to share to the entire world. Sometimes it's kind of nice to just keep those sometimes private too. Because again, a lot of times when you put it out there, trust me, I know better than anyone, it does invite a lot of opinions from others. And it can be a little bit of a joy stealer when you're super proud about something that you should be proud about or super happy about. And then you see that someone else is doing it differently. Don't let it sap your joy. Because one thing that I want you to remember as the moms of babies and yummy little toddlers is this. The days are long but the years are short. And moms, there is nothing more true than that. So enjoy every yummy, delicious kiss. Sniff every little sweet, precious baby smell that you can. Just imprint those moments. Enjoy every delicious moment of those baby and toddler years and that season of your life. And I'll be talking about in the next episode, like the school age. So if you're in that season or you're headed into that season, I'm going to be talking about some stuff. And then, like I said, the last part of the series is going to be about 
when those baby birds flee the nest. So I've been in all three, so I can talk from personal experience, give you my, again, unsolicited advice, but hopefully you got a little nugget here or there um, from this episode and can take some of these things, maybe apply a couple of things to your life. If something did help you, um, do me a favor, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, do me a favor, go on, just tell them like, hey, this helped me listen to this episode. This helped me and learned this. I love that. I love when people share. If you don't mind, give me a five-star review. The more of the good reviews, the more that it kind of helps spread the message in the word of this podcast. Also, if you're a professional organizer and you would like to grow your business, I do get pretty consistent inquiries from all across the country asking if I know a professional organizer in different cities or states. So if you'd like to um, advertise your professional organizing business, shoot me an email. I'll send you a flyer with updated pricing and some different options. If you're looking for a professional organizer right now, just go to my website, oneorganizedmama.com, and you'll find some professional organizers out there. Um, what else? One-on-one coaching, phenomenal gangbusters. At this moment, I owe a few people some notes, follow-up notes. I usually, I've been doing this thing, well, we'll do it. I have people send me their questions. I write down the notes. I've learned I need to type the notes because I handwrite them. We do the session and then I have to then retype the notes and I actually owe it for a few people. So you get the follow-up notes with the one-on-one coaching. Um, if you're interested, there's a link on my website or shoot me an email. And lastly, the monthly coaching has started in May. So this is basically a program that I started where you get a weekly email. We're focusing, you can choose a topic, either professional organizing business, how to manage and grow it, decluttering or time management. And uh, those are the three that I'm starting out with. I'll probably add other topics as time goes on. But basically how it works is each Sunday, you'll get an email from me and it's going to be either a weekly challenge or specific how to do something, maybe some motivation. And then once a month, I will go on in a Zoom call. You guys can meet me face to face on Zoom or you can see my face and you can just turn off your video. Lucky you. And um, you guys can ask me your questions on that specific topic. And it's also a great way for people to sort of start to meet each other. And one that is the coolest thing with this podcast or how my listeners have sort of connected with one another and stuff. And that has just been phenomenal. So I just want to thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode and have a great week out there. 